Eddie, I've heard you actually. Um, you, you go to hospital just to spend time with lesbians. Yes, well, I do. Work. I actually had a lesbian in the uh, in the ward I was in when I was in hospital. It was quite yeah. a um, eye opener. What are you going to explain to your boys about uh, love and women? I thought you were going to say Eddie, lesbians. You know, uh, we well, could include that as well. <laughs> Jay Moss, you have been desperately quiet. Yeah. Uh, who was Sydney talking to? Well, Let's that was too early, but I was going to ask you next. Did anyone <laughs> notice when, when Moses left the Honda and he was walking through the house, it was a bit like that Cure video um, without you. I don't know. Did anyone get that? I was getting more of a shining vibe. <laughs> okay. uh, I thought he was going to get in the corner and there'd be two twins there. Yeah. Here's Moses. Play with us, Moses, forever and ever. You guys got what's to change your movie of, habits. What's the age of your kids? Have you had that conversation about love and life? Uh, no. no. I think they would find that extremely awkward. I'd find it extremely awkward. Uh, the boy's in year 11. The girl's in year 8. Uh, yeah, they don't want advice from me. Why not? Mm, don't you think you've got something to offer? I'm not from their generation. Are they happier talking to Marianne about issues like that? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, they'd go. They'd go to Marianne for that. I'm there to uh, fix things that are broken. My Marianne is extremely open about stuff like that. We have conversations all the time about vaginas and and stuff that I would never have dreamt of speaking about with my parents. But, yeah, it's just very... Very open. He's also a medical, a medical person too. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the the, the kids uh, they just seem more well informed. But I don't know if, if it happens at school. They're just a lot more informed by physical education classing at school and everything. But yeah, I don't know. The internet. I think Whoa. they have to be with YouTube these days. There's plenty of places to get the wrong advice from and correct advice from. Oh, it's a lot easier to find porn these days. I know that. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Gone are the days where the magazines used to be in somewhere. I, I don't think our kids know what a magazine is, particularly a Playboy. Or when, a... You, when you mentioned porn, porn magazines, everyone started talking at the same time. This is our generation. <laughs> where right, that's take a ticket. What's your experience on this one? That's the thing. i got to tell you, hiding it at the bottom of a bookcase and pretending that a book, of, you know, hiding a tree amongst in a forest is the best place mm-hmm. to hide it, mm-hmm. doesn't work. I because think the cast... every man... Every man and school. woman and his dog found mine. I tell you, it was embarrassing. The Carson School of um, Hiding Porn was, um, I don't know if you remember his place at Penrith when they were living there and mm. you go to the bathroom, you look to your right and there'd be a little book holder, magazine holder, it'd be all penthouses. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I, I like, used to spend a lot of different. time in that bathroom. Lots yeah. of time. Lots of time. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit more over he, three he, minutes. He was an enlightened man. Oh, absolutely. He goes to the beat of his own drum. <laughs> to the beat of something. <laughs> Graham, uh, I don't know if we've met. Graham? I don't think, I don't think Jamos has met Carson. What? I met Carson, but I don't ever met Graham. How do you know Carson, Graham? I met Carson at the University of Western Sydney, that then Milpera, then became Bankstown. I think they're closing that down, by the way. Oh. Really? They are. Yeah, same time pretty much as I met Eddie and Sydney and Moses too. Yeah, we were all yeah, that was the group that started. So Sydney, what's some of the things uh your parents taught you? I didn't think they taught me very much at all. 
Yeah. And I was very much left up to my own devices a lot of the time. I'd say with my mum, it was a little bit different because largely she was doing the single mum type thing. So it's a lot harder. Yeah. And if anything, I was looking after my younger brothers and sisters. So I was taking on more of a paternal role. So it's like having a kid looking after a kid. My dad, I used to catch up with a lot on the weekends, but he wasn't the kind of guy to have like a any type of serious kind of D&M type way view of looking at life. Probably the main exception of like, it's important to have a sense of humour. And he used to be incredibly guarded about what he did say and what he didn't say sometimes. Not a great deal because when I started to have my own kids, I thought I was becoming well aware of like the last thing you want to do is just... Uh, let them exist in a in a vacuum, and you don't, you know, kids can't grow up in a vacuum. There's got to be, whether right or wrong, they've got to hear some kind of like value set. Than rather, okay, um, you've got to fend for yourselves. There's got to be more than that. Yeah, they've Fair got enough. to be exposed to life, and they've they've got to learn, and they've got to make mistakes by themselves. And it takes you a little while to understand that, but just through living your own life and the mistakes you make, you can't learn. Mm from a mistake unless you actually make the mistake yourself. The value sets that we have are not worth passing on to them. Yes and no. That, is that what it was? Because that, that, it sounds like, you know, I you can... worth passing on, yeah. but they're experientially learned rather than verbally taught. So you can learn these things by observing and watching. I don't know whether it's like sitting someone down your knee and saying, this is what a good man is like. So I'm just wondering whether it's, you know, the environment more than you actually yeah. teaching them. Do you mean like leading by example? Or? Yeah, leading by example and just, yeah. No, I, I totally, totally agree. Uh, my uh, Mary Ann's grandmother. Oh, right. In 90s and just recently yeah, passed okay. away. And they were very close. We kept all her faculties about her right to the very, very end. Wow. And um, there wasn't any real wisdom going on in terms of passing on messages. It was more like, mm. how did I get so old? You know, it was just yeah. about getting old. Um, pretty much over it by the time she finally died. But she wasn't yeah. She wasn't convalescing, uh, yeah. couldn't walk so well. And then she was very sensitive about her age, even in her 90s. In wow. her 90s, she didn't want people to know how old she was. And when we were cleaning up afterwards, which is always another hard stage, you know, post-mortem doing the cleaning up of the house and the mm. emptying the flat and that kind of thing, we found documents and things that would have given us her age had she not scratched them out completely. So oh, birth wow. Wedding certificates, her date of birth was obscured in all of them, like a hole in the paper. And one little box, spring-loaded, old-looking box, which I happened to find, actually was labelled... Um, Open after my death, which is rather spooky. And that had some of those letters and documents in it. Did they have all, but even those ones had the dates yeah, yeah, scratched yeah. out? Yeah. That's Sorry, like James, I, was, I, was, I was almost hoping you were going to say there was a letter in there saying, stuff you guys, I'm still not going to tell you how old I am. <laughs> well, basically she did because she's because we found that and there was nothing in there. What was in there was still. Um, I see. And then the, um, oh, the, the actual burial was a fucking fiasco. Now, Marianne organised it because she was the closest in the family to her. It was, um, it was okay, can I say their name, White Ladies Funerals? Uh, and yeah. we got there and they decided to have to move it a bit earlier um, at Rookwood. And so the party had moved off. We'd find the location. And when we found the location, the casket was already coming down. 
to the kids. Wow. So that was devastating. So we scrambled out. Everyone's already standing around. I put on the music. That was my job. And the priest hadn't turned up. There was no priest to say anything. Oh. And uh, in, eventually, well, we found so. a guy in the, in the in the group who happened to be, you know, he did uh, was a some kind of minister, and he was able to do some kind of words over the graveside. But it was pretty shocking, yeah. awful way to go. And yeah, it was just a little ratty little hole in the ground. And if you've been know. to a few of them, like I have, they don't they don't get any more. But how insensitive is that? Like in, in all seriousness, they, they must know what they're doing. But Why did they go earlier? earlier? They said they were What's afraid it was going to collapse. The grave was going to collapse him because he's buried on top of her mother. They like oh, the thing okay. they buried the original yeah. mother down deeper and put it on top. So they said, but we just didn't see any evidence of that. Yeah, they ended up discounting their service. You would hope yeah. so. Yeah, it was standing around. Jeez, I'm just still speechless there, Jamos. Oh, I'm blown away. Can't happened. believe that. That's just awful. Mm. Okay, I'll, I'll try and um, lighten the mood a bit. It's sort of one thing that a piece of advice that my mother gave me. Sydney, I know you knew my mum very well. Um, mm. Yeah, once we were kids, um, I was downstairs in what was a billiard room, uh, my dad's billiard room, and we were mucking around some friends of mine, Damien and Vince and myself. We, were, we had my sister's hairspray cans and a, and a lighter, and we were, we'd light the lighter and we were spraying the hairspray. It'd be like a, a flamethrower. Mum's walked in, watched what we're doing. She just said, hey, boys, try not to burn the house down, turned around and walked out. If you know my mum, that was so my mum. It was. Very dry. Yeah. Yeah. But she trusted us that we weren't going to burn the house down. But just, like, if that was me, I would have smacked my my kid on the head and said, taking it off them. But my mum, no. Just try not to burn the house down, boys. Turn around and walk out. Jamos, there was a point that you made before that um, I've been reflecting on. It's just when you talk about the value of like experience like sometimes they won't sit down and have a chat to you but what you just pick up by being around some of the people and maybe their habits and things like this that you just start to realize it creeps into your own personality you don't realize that till you reflect back afterwards i think you made an extremely valid point other people have gone through this too i actually lost from, uh, my mum too at a uh, i just left home but um she's not around but my father it's kind of like not the same person I knew growing up. Um, you hear about late onset racism and things like that, where older people mm-hmm. get more and more conservative and more, uh, I don't know, and further and further away from the values you thought they embodied when you were younger. Uh, I always looked at him as being a bastion of moral authority and, and always on the on the side of the little guy and that kind of thing. As they get older, he, he seems more racist. And, well, this sums it up. He supports Trump. What? I would well, never have guessed that from your day. I know, right? So that's the strange thing. But Jamos, uh, do you think? Do you think it's possible? Like, as as you go through life, you know, you're usually quite happy. You have you have a family. Things are going pretty well. You might lose a partner. You might not. But as you get older and your body starts to break down, do you think it's kind of natural to get a bit angrier, a bit more upset? Um, this is a complete 180. Um, and he's actually doing, he, health-wise, he's, he's going to live till doomsday. He's very, very fit. And he, his parents lived very, very late as well. He's a non-drinker, non-smoker, Irish Catholic. Um, well, that's a problem. To give any kind, he's a very intelligent person as well, which is not what I usually associate with uh, Trump supporters. 
boggles me that he could um, have changed so much. Or did I just get it all wrong when I was a kid growing up? It's a too sensitive an area. Being a Trump supporter. After a play. Yeah, well, as after a, a play that we, I was in and, and the family was all there and dad as well, and this is before Trump was elected, and someone's made the, the obvious comment, that, oh, yeah, Trump, he's, he's always tells lies. And he's bristled said, oh, yeah, name one. And then we thought, well, shit, what? Really? <laughs> name one? Did yeah. I have to bring a list? Well, <laughs> yeah. It surprises me. Well, said he said he doesn't know Putin, and then he said he knows Putin. And he said, oh, yeah, that's just a contradiction. It's a lie. So the thing is, you cannot argue with the Trump supporter any more than they can argue with us, assuming that we're all not Trump supporters. Apples and oranges. Well, we'll you that. can argue with a Trump supporter, but you can't use logic. No, you can't. No, so there's no argument. It's just you can just yell at each other, you know. No one's going to give ground. Say, That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Mm. He is a like, asshole. You know, he, gonna... he didn't say that, and if he did, he didn't mean it. And Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Hillary's emails. And... and then if that's bad, I know someone who's worse. <laughs> Yeah. It's another standard Trump supporter. Is he got a podcast? He Donald? does have a podcast. No, called, no, uh, the um, supporter. What are you talking about? If he needs inspiration, he's got plenty to go on. Uh, Jamos, you and me on the same wavelength. There's been some messages I sent him when he said he's been starving for inspiration. I was like, let me just run this by you. And then you'll go on a rant. It's like, where's your problem? The other thing I found too is, is that Trump supporters, I mean, the meanings of words mean nothing. They will tell you black isn't black. They'll tell mm. you blue isn't blue because whatever they'll twist words to whatever suit their belief. Yeah. And that makes it very hard when you can't even agree on definitions. And probably the other aspect is that I found quite funny is they're very quick to make personal attacks, but they're very cagey when someone makes a personal attack on them. It kind of feeds into their narrative like their backs against the wall. Can I just throw in, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a fan, but I'm also not the opposite. I'm, I'm right in the middle. I, I listen to both sides and I enjoy both sides, but I'm just not 100,000% against one side. Anyway, so I'll throw that in well, so you it's, know. It's it's not so much a side that I object to, like Republicans, uh, Democrats. It's not the political system that we grew up with. So, nah. you know, I'm, I'm broad, broadly aware of their, their, their policies. It, no, it's very particular of this one particular person that mm. I'm uh, against as for pretty much any reason you can go through alphabetically. And I find, you got to be a fan of Kaylee, though. Who? Who? Oh, McEnany. Yeah, the press secretary. She's, she's fun. Yeah, when they said tear gas, used, no tear gas was used. What about chemical agents? Like I said, no tear gas was used. So basically because it's not technically tear gas, it's some other kind of gas that causes tears to form, you know, she will deliberately not lie by giving the impression she's answered the question when she in, has In her defence, though, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was exactly the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, and press secretaries tend to be like well, that. Well, that's they're, why they're, they're there. To, they're there to do a job. Yeah, but, you know, they would in the past actually answer questions. Yeah. Now yeah, it's pretty sure. much, it's not too far away from the um, Korean television, North Korean television, where someone is just at the front <laughs> there just to yell the party line. And Brooke, no don't, don't you think the press secretary is pretty much ready for what's coming and they've got it all prepared? That's part of their job. It must be hard, though, because Trump will change things on a dime and not tell people. 
and press secretaries have gone out there and been hung out to dry. You know, he'll reverse a position while while they're speaking. He's reversed it behind their back, and now they've got to go back and backpedal again. So it's a tough. Well, uh, look, I've got to say, if you want stable employment, go and work for Trump. Do you want stable? <laughs> 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 you mean there'll always be a jump defending him? Oh All my right. god! It was a I joke. Yeah. Oh, how many staffers has he gone through? I know. Mm-hmm. I can't, oh I can't even remember them all. And they're all losers, of course. Now and then he claims that he fired them when they resigned. You know, four-star generals. Yeah, but he knows more than them about about war. He knows more than everybody about everything. One of the great things about the men talking over his beer is we never stray off topic. This has broken our record today. I think we've only done it once. <laughs> and and this what? probably wouldn't have happened if Carson was here. Uh, yeah, true, true. I've just got a message from Moses. He's um, been getting the evil eye for Marianne, so he's got to go and do some um, bambles. Uh, okay. I've also got to wrap up. You know, we started off this podcast thinking, could we actually find meaning to the answer of 42? Uh, we've done a really good job of finding that out. But uh, if you need help, if you need some counselling, please don't come to us. We are the Men Talking Over Beer podcast and you can find us at all good podcasting places and even the bad ones and the ones in between. Best way to email us and to increase our patronage by how many emails have we averaged so far this year? I Um, think in total, I think we're up to three now. Three? Three emails. How How many were legit? Uh, I don't know. I can't answer that. But um, I know two of them come from someone we know and the same person. So okay, I think so we've probably well, got that, one that's at least three email. emails that we've got. Yeah. So not, even, not even spammers are writing. No, no, not yeah. even spammers. The, the good thing about you... having not many emails is if you send one to us, we'll get back to you pretty quickly. There's not mm. much of a backlog there. And I can guarantee, because one of those emails was mine that I sent, and they did get back to me very quickly. Mm. What <laughs> so, was that email uh, address our, again? Uh, I was just about to say that, funny. You mentioned it, the men talking over beer at gmail.com, or you could find us where else on Facebook, Eddie? Uh, you could find us at men talking over beer on Facebook. And I think it's uh, it's time to bid everybody adieu. Uh, goodbye, Eddie. Yes, hoo-ha. Thank you for uh, your your guidance tonight, Sydney. It's been quite enlightening. We did not know we'd get started or finished on that one, but you're, you're most welcome. And uh, uh, Graham, some uh, parting words of wisdom. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, pleasure as always. It's great to be here. And uh, it's a goodbye from me, and uh, we will see you, you at don't, next Don't forget to say bye to Jim Moss. Have I already thrown it to you? No, you, you bypassed him totally. We are a slick operation. Help me not to ignore you. Sydney, the pleasure is all yours. Moses, party words of wisdom? <laughs> I think that should be enough time to Is that enough time for him to fall off his seat? We're definitely under the salary cap. Yes. <laughs> we go butter the mushrooms, okay? Butter the mushrooms. Uh, Is there anything better than a buttered mushroom?